Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great All right, here we go. I haven't released in a while. Figure I'd I'd come on and go for it. So, to those of you who listen, thank you very much. Shout out to Robin N, Robin O, Shane Ritter, who else listens? Julia, Andrea, Jimmy D, and your kids. Thank you, Jimmy Durrell, for letting me curse in front of your children. It's 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 an honor to say the absolute very least. And uh, coming to you from uh, Cavalier Mobile Estates in beautiful Oceanside, California. Not quite Encinitas. It's uh, the Shelbyville to en- Encinitas. I used to live in Encinitas. <laughs> I didn't survive. I didn't survive with. Uh, Encinitas life, but I'll be back in Encinitas uh, soon enough, back up to the east side. Is that, we're moving on up to the east side? Is that the line from the Jeffersons? I will be in a deluxe apartment in the sky in Encinitas here in not too long, or Solana Beach perhaps. La Jolla, that would be cool. Google La Jolla and check out La Jolla. La Jolla is like, there are prob- there are houses in La Jolla that are probably worth $100 million if you just go strolling through the neighborhoods. Anyway, uh, I'm going to back off the political uh, stuff. Because I've said everything that I need to say. Uh, another shout out to Shane Ritter. Shane actually went and read my suggestions. Uh, I uh, by one of a, a section in one of my suggestions, a book he already had. The book being "I Reality and Subjectivity" by David Hawkins, and he he calls me up one day. He's like, "Dude, I I get exactly what you're talking about now." <laughs> And the reason you sound righteous is because you were right. I'm like, I know. I'm trying to explain to people. I'm not an asshole. But uh, what happens is uh, the ego takes truth and then assigns righteousness to it, or my ego takes truth and assigns righteousness to it, um, or the need to be right or whatever. Um, if you were to listen to David Hawkins talk about some of the things I've talked about, talk about, there would be no charge behind it. You wouldn't argue with it or be triggered by it because he just delivers it in such a matter-of-fact way. Um, so check it out. I'm just going to wax philosophical about who knows what, um, life in the, uh, mobile home park is always interesting. So I have, um, I've mentioned, I've mentioned my, uh, my roommates before and that, uh, situation is, it just is what it is. I was going to move, I was going to move into, uh, this other place, I was all ready to move into this other place, and it turned out that the guy who was going to, like, quote-unquote sublease it to me was just a, he just, he turned into a psycho, and for once in my life, I'm going to pay attention to the red flag <laughs> and and back out. So it was like, it wasn't really a sublease, it was like, you're going to be living in the place um, that I used to live in, and I'm just going to move in with my girlfriend, and uh, I'm going to add $300 onto the rent without telling the landlord and I'm going to pocket that $300 and then I'm going to tell you that I don't want you to arrange anything uh, because rearrange every, anything because um, I like the way the inside of it looks and I don't want you changing it. So for somewhere near cl- close to $2,000 a month for the rent, um, I wanted to be able to have the sofa or the bookshelves or the whatever you know, wherever I wanted and not be subject to the marginally, marginally psychotic whims of a manipulative control freak. So backed out of that one. That was good. And uh, so back to the 
back back to the uh, back to the mobile estates. And uh, it's funny if you go and you look at the names of trailer parks; they have like fancy names. So I actually live in in a, a collection of estates um, within walking distance of the ocean, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's funny because I have these these roommates who are like a young married couple, and I can't really tell like what's going on with them, and. Um, and if they're happy, <laughs> and uh, it was, it, it was, or if perhaps the one, you know, the the wife is sometimes smiling in my direction. I can't quite tell, and if, and sometimes there's like nothing to to say, and there's just this awkwardness in the air, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? And it was it was so funny because the other day. I, I came home and it was like just this scorching hot day and I happen to have a, a window air conditioner unit, like a portable air conditioner that's just a godsend in the, in, the, in the few hot months that you need one here in San Diego. And I just crank that puppy in my bedroom, you know, just 10, 15 minutes at a time and it just brings the temperature down. It's like the best $300 that you could ever spend. I actually just turned it on. But we were like, me and the, the, the woman, the girl, you know, we're like sort of like, trying to make small talk or whatever in the kitchen and she's like it sure is hot and and I was like she's a uh, Brazilian she's like it sure is hot and I'm like I'm like yeah it is you know I'm but you know I got that I got a <laughs> she, she's like we cannot sleep at night I cannot sleep in, at night in the bedroom it's too hot and I'm like well you know I got a I got a window air conditioner unit in my in my bedroom you know and it it, it uh I was really just like making small talk, like awkward small talk, but I think it sort of came out like, well, if you'd like to visit my TP, you know, it sort of came out like that. And then there was this awkward moment and I was like, I, di- I didn't want to be like, well, wait, I didn't mean it like, y- y- but so I just kind of like walked away. But, you know, in, in, uh, in the, the mobile home world, a, you know, a window air conditioner is probably enough to ruin a marriage you know so it's like which is not my intention nor would it ever be um but it just was this like really there's just this odd energy in the air sometimes and i'm like i'm not doing anything i'm just minding my own business i mean i'm like you know i'm i'm not being uh, i'm not being the way i certainly have been prone to be uh from time to time i'm just not being like that at all not even sort of not any sort of flirtations flirtation not any flirtatiousness or glancing or leering or looking or anything like that. It's just, you know, I'm just as honorable as I can be. Um, if you'd have caught me back in the mid nineties, I would not have been so honorable, but, uh, <laughs> mid nineties to the ot whatevers anyway. Um, so it's just, it's really kind of interesting cause I'm just in the middle of this really bizarre twilight zone type of, uh, mobile estates experiment that it feels like God sometimes is torturing me inside of. So uh, life is certainly interesting. The beautiful thing is that I have absolutely everything that I need and a lot of things that I want. And I scored this place that has such an expensive rent. I managed, I think I mentioned this before, I managed to pay off uh, just over $15,000 in credit card debt in just under a year. And I did that by just like sheer determination and by my willingness to do whatever the hell I needed to do. And sometimes you just need to bite the bullet and move into a trailer park so that you can handle your shit. And uh, I actually did. I made really good money. I've made really good money this year, the first uh, nine months. 
and um and now i'm sort of like re-emerging as this new person this new coach this new humbled man um you know i've lived in trailer parks tw- i lived in this place called uh can't remember what it's called dreamland i lived in this place in steamboat colorado that was a a mobile home community and uh with these two stoner dudes these two stoner dudes who would like um they would actually watch porn together which i thought was kind of weird sometimes they'd go like to the video store and rent porn vhs movies and sit there and smoke cigarettes and watch them watch the whole like the whole movie together while they smoked cigarettes and weed and took bong heads (laughs) and i could like never get into it i'm like i can't there's something about watching porn with you guys for an extended period of time that i'm not i'm not down with um porn for me has always been very personal (laughs) it's not something i've typically shared with another person um but they would like smoke cigarettes and watch porn in this trailer park and and my my bedroom was like right off i had like the ghetto bedroom which was like right off the right off the family room like this thin kind of super ghetto thin trailer park door with like a giant crack at the bottom and all the cigarette and weed smoke would just come through the crack and it was like freezing cold winter and just locked in this weird bizarre sort of trailer park world and that was i guess that would have been 99 99 2000 and then you know go figure 2020 i land back in i land 2019 i land back in another one so um, it's really expensive to live in California in general. Um, I was really excited to get out of this place, but you know, someone, s- someone, uh, a wise woman, uh, said to me, you know, the most important thing that you wanted is the, the most important thing that you need is the, is the one thing that isn't there. Uh, meaning I want to live with someone who doesn't fix, manage, and control my existence. Cause this dude like wanted to keep his tools over. He wanted to keep everything in the place that I was going to move into, which is this really cool kind of mystical, quiet space kind of off the side of a mountain, uh, not too far off the beaten path in San Diego in this little like warehouse district. Um, It was like this secret little bat cave, and I was totally stoked to be moving in there. But then he, um, he sort of got very controlling and reminded me of this very strange person I knew years ago. And I have a relationship to, uh, I have a relationship to dysfunction. Um, I have a relationship to toxicity, and it's sort of automatic. And if I don't pay attention to that relationship, all of a sudden, life will become me when I am not expecting it to. And in other words, things will just happen. So if I had moved into this place, I actually moved two boxes of shit or two carloads worth of shit over there and uh, unpacked it and was like hanging up clothes and trying to unpack the boxes or unpacking the boxes and getting all my books unpacked and like spending time reading there um and and was all excited but then it just dawned on me like this is this is messed up so here we are back in the uh the mobile estates and and what i what i mean by life would have happened to me is like all of a sudden I would have been in this really weird situation where this guy who I was supposedly subleasing from would have like kind of stopped by to like get a tool or something and maybe made a passive aggressive or overtly aggressive comment about the fact that like maybe I hadn't kept it clean enough or something weird like that versus like you know just a, a, a landlord who's like you sign a lease with like they just leave you the fuck alone so it was like this test from the universe um, it was a test to test it was a test to see 
if um, I still had that, if that relationship to toxicity was still running the show, it was like this remnant of toxicity. And a place where people often see toxicity show up is in relationships. Um, You know, people who always, girls or women who always fall for the bad boy, they have a relationship to toxicity. Uh, Women who all continually fall in love with um, drug addicts or ex-cons or people they think they can fix, there's a relationship to toxicity. It's actually... It's actually, um, what's the word? It comes as a result of like things that you internalize at a very young age, and then it gets like physiologically programmed. It's almost like part of your cells and part of your DNA. DNA, that relationship to toxicity. And most of us have addictions, and many of us are addicted to misery. So one of the things that I am addicted to is suffering and kicking myself in the balls, getting kicked in the balls. I have a relationship to that, and if I'm not careful, I will kick myself in the balls without realizing it, and then wonder why I got kicked in the balls again, or wonder why life hurts again. And we all have these sort of automatic ways of being that are fueled by subconscious programming based on things that we internalized as children uh, and you know you could even argue things that like we start to pick up on vibrations when we are in the womb and uh, it's it's almost like I don't want to say it's like it's it's your your destiny is predetermined because it isn't but without doing a lot of work you will repeat the same uh, programs over and over again you will you will actually repeat patterns so patterns will play themselves out repeatedly over and over and over again one of the patterns in my life is that healthy and available women are not interesting to me even sort of I go <laughs> I I go for uh, I gravitate towards like toxic dangerous unavailable um, often slutty um, <laughs> exciting I get how about how's exciting I'll use the word exciting instead of slutty um, and, and the terminology we use in coaching is that that is bankrupt. I have yet to tell the story about the, uh, the canine cocksucker and the curse of the Kundalini. I will get there at some point when I feel that my safety is no longer being threatened. Uh, it's probably, everything's probably fine, but, uh, better safe than sorry. So we'll get to that at some point in all of its glorious and gory kundalini ridden details so another news check out cobra kai uh i just watched i just binge watched season one of cobra kai it's so good i mean it makes you laugh and it makes you cry and it makes you feel bad for johnny and it makes you feel bad for daniel and you kind of want daniel to get his ass kicked for a while but then he's so endearing that like you know and the the creation of the cobra kai dojo and the it, but it, it just manages to stay light enough so that it's not all heavy, but there's these great Karate Kid flashbacks. And I'm actually waiting for Allie to show up. I'm waiting for Allie to show up back on the scene. I hope I haven't given too much away. Uh, I'm going to just stop right there. But I will say this. I was a, I guess I am a martial artist. I studied martial arts for pretty intensely for almost five years, I want to say. Um, and martial artists are really weird, um, often... Uh, incredibly dangerous people who are sort of lost. Uh, The martial arts school I trained at was the real deal. It was no joke. The the head instructor and then the like sub head instructor are two of the baddest people you will ever meet in your entire life. They were kind of like good cop and bad cop. Um, They were both nice. I I truly believe that they're both nice people. Um, But you can just see... um, 
like looking back, I could just see my own fear and my own woundedness and my own need to be accepted and how that all played out. And then I can also see how like I got brainwashed a little bit by martial arts and like all of a sudden I wanted to fight people. And I picked a fight with this one dude who was the wrong dude to pick a fight with and he fucked me up pretty bad. I, I, was, I was actually fine, but it could have been worse. could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, I was drunk as shit. I think I ate a Xanax bar, maybe even two, and went and got in a fight in an alleyway, and that was just really stupid. Uh, I will never do that again, and that's what I learned from the one fight. Don't get in fights. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw a surf fight yesterday morning in the water. There's this um, there's this dude that is just really weird. He um, he he's just always kind of you know surfers can be kind of solitary people so you're just sort of out there in the water and the other guy that's surfing is maybe 10 or 15 or 20 feet away from you and you know I just mind my own business when I'm out there and focus on the waves I want to catch and I I do talk with people from time to time there are some kind of cool conversations that go on in the water just about whatever but there's this dude and he always surfs with this 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 GoPro camera in his mouth and and he's just really weird and he kind of he kind of invades people's space and uh, yesterday, he got up uh, by this guy and dropped the, the term is back paddled him. He back paddled him and ended up in this guy's way. And the guy started like fighting him in the water. And uh, and it was like it was like 620 in the morning. It was like maybe it had been light for maybe 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm like watching a surf fight in the water. And surf fights are funny because you're in the water, like deep water. You know, so it's like water polo fighting. You know, and uh, and all of a sudden there's like these two guys come to blows and the one of them, you know, we kind of like, we kind of like, what's the word? We mediated the situation. We de-escalated the situation and the one dude went up, uh, ended up walking to the shore, paddling in and then walking, you know, back to the staircase. And when I was telling this, I went out twice yesterday and I was telling the story to this other guy out there and it turns out the, the dude with the camera in his mouth, his... the. the the nickname that he's been given at the break is Deep Throat. <laughs> so Deep Throat is his name because of this camera that he's always carrying in his mouth. You know, GoPro. I don't know if you've seen people with GoPros. They look like tools. I could never in a million years have a GoPro camera because you have to actually put it in your mouth. So you just look like a fucking moron. You know, you look like you deserve to be given the nickname Deep Throat. So um, Deep Throat wasn't back there this morning when I when I showed up, but it was really satisfying because Deep Throat has, um, he's bothered me on several occasions in the water. It's like, just get the fuck away from me, man. You know, and he, he rides a longboard too. And so, you know, in the surfing world, if, uh, you know, longboarders are, uh, I have a mid-length board, um, but in the surfer world, you know, longboards are, I don't want to go so far as to say they're looked down upon, but they're, lo- they're longboarders. It's like a longboard skater versus a a regular skater you know they're kind of like different breeds um it's not a per it's not perfectly like that because a lot of longboarders are like super soulful like they're like old guys who are like longboarders who are out on big days and who are just super gnarly and i respect those guys but it's the people that can't shortboard um that you're just like you know what get a shortboard you fucking bitch and please um <laughs> Please stay away from me in the water because the thing about longboards is that they paddle faster so they get into waves earlier. So, you know, when a longboarder shows up and starts taking every wave, uh, the other surfers get pissed and make up names like Deep Throat, especially when he has a, a camera hanging out of his mouth. Pretty hilarious. 
Um, hey, Robin N. Robin N., thank you uh, for, you know, uh, the talks and, you know, sort of calling me out a little bit while still being, being uh, willing to uh, hear me out and understand me. I hope you do take on those, those uh, reading suggestions. <laughs> Dave's assignments, the one that Shane read in particular. Um, so I don't really have uh, too much more, you know, just staying out of all of it. I've, I've said, I think I said this at the beginning regarding politics. I think I've said it all. Um, I think I've expressed everything that there is to express. I have, ever since I watched The Social, social Dilemma on Facebook, I just haven't, um, I, I just haven't been wanting to post anything, post any type of opinion. Um, it's fucked up because people have now heard of The Social Dilemma and they're still at it. They're still at it. Um, they're at each other's throats. And, you know, I, I, perhaps I will give my opinion on, yeah, never mind. It's really hard. Maybe I can just make it this one episode without um, talking shit about this group or that group or Donald Trump being the archetypal fool or, you know, any of the other factions I have. See, I can just feel the f- I can just feel the poll right now. Like I just want to go factions. Yes, we're we're descending into tribalism in the United States and I just don't want to go there cuz we are all in one tribe. It's the human tribe. And if you're listening to this, I love you. I hope you know that. Um, And I hope the stories were entertaining and not too boring. And um, God is love. God is everything. Uh, I'm on Course in Miracles, Lesson 36 today, working through the course for the second or third time. Actually, the second time in, in its entirety. I've worked through the first 100 or two lessons a few times, and then I worked through the entire thing once completely, and now I'm starting. I started back uh, 36 days ago on lesson one. If you want to transform your thinking, if you want to transform the way you think and therefore the way you feel, and if you would like to have a transformed relationship with yourself and the universe and with God, just do the Course in Miracles. Start on lesson one and just go through it. It will not make any sense at all. It'll start to make a little bit of sense after maybe five, six, seven, ten lessons. Uh, You can uh, supplement with videos and um, Ken Wapnick videos in particular. Also, that's K-E-N-W-A-P-N-I-C-K, Ken Wapnick. And Marianne Williamson uh, would be sort of like a pop culture version of Ken Wapnick. She's the one, obviously, she wrote... um, she wrote Return to Love and several other books, one including Healing the Soul of America, I believe what it's called. And she's been taking a pretty powerful political stance lately, and um, I'm appreciative of that. I have very similar stance to hers, but a little bit gnarlier. Um, I have a little bit um, more of an edge, but at the same but at the same time, and I realize I have been a little hard on certain uh, one one group of people in particular, um, but if you were to do the do the reading, read the Hawkins work, um, I th- I think that would help to explain it um, why I have why the way I feel the way I do. Um, but uh, you know, the Course in Miracles will change your life, as will the Twelve Steps, um, and you know, it's the 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 most powerful healing tools available on the planet are basically. Um, free. So you can order the Course in Miracles book for like 20 or 30 bucks, whatever it is. And that's all the spiritual wisdom you could ever need for an entire lifetime. And, um, 
you could go to a 12-step meeting and all the spiritual wisdom that you could ever need for an entire lifetime will be within that room if um, if it's a good meeting, and a lot of them are. Um, the The most profound spiritual teachings are free to very, very in, inexpensive and readily available. I'm not talking about um, you know, chakra healing workshops where workshops where there's you know like a twenty dollars suggested donation, and that person's really just making money. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but true spiritual truth is inexpensive to free, readily available. It's also rather boring. Um, so people often associate spirituality or this new sort of spirituality trend with, like I said, or- ornaments, uh, body ornaments, and you know, spiritual-looking tattoos and incense and chanting and stuff like that. Um, That stuff's all well and good. It will support you in sort of moving. It'll support you in feeling better. Um, But true spirituality um, requires a deep, dark dive into the bowels of the human ego. Um, And so, again... What happens with me when I go on these uh, kind of political rants is that my ego attaches um, its righteousness or wants to claim authorship of um, the spiritual truth that I believe I am sharing um, or that I intend to share, rather. But then the ego assigns, like, wants to take ownership of it, and then I end up sounding righteous and uh, projecting, and we're all projecting very often. It's it's from this is from the Course in Miracles. It's perception makes projection, or projection makes perception. I think it's projection makes perception. Hold on, it's actually projection makes perception. So what you are projecting out from your subconscious affects the way that you perceive the world. Projection affects perception or projection makes perception and we're all projecting and every ego is basically the same as every other freaking ego um there are more extreme examples um where an ego in fact does have like a personality personality disorder like i believe donald trump actually does have a personality disorder um and that's why I have compassion for him because he's really just a sick, sick, sick man. You know, it says in one of the 12-step programs, when you have a resentment against someone or towards someone, you say, Lord, this is a sick man. How can I be of service to him? And I find that to be um, very necessary, not just for people like the president, but for everybody. You know, when somebody pisses you off, this woman was really rude to me today and I had a choice. I could play her game and just be a dick right back or I could say a silent prayer and I said a silent prayer I said my holiness blesses this woman uh, which is the the instruction for the course in miracle lesson of today so the course in miracle lesson for today lesson 36 is uh, my holiness blesses the world or my holiness blesses the whole world I can't remember what it is and what you do is whenever you find yourself um, thinking about someone you say my holiness blesses you john or my holiness blesses you robin or my holiness blesses you jim or my holiness blesses you kelly or my holiness blesses that bitch um at the drive-through what am i doing at taco bell anyway right (laughs) subjecting myself to an angry and uh, resentful (laughs) disgruntled taco bell employee in the middle of a pandemic Um, my life is way better than that person so the least i can do is pray for them. And so who's pissing you off? Think of somebody right now, large or small, immediate family, all the way up to world leaders that's really pissing you off. 
um, pundit, a pundit who might really be pissing you off, a reporter who might really be pissing you off, a podcaster who might really be pissing you off, someone you think is worthy of fucking hatred, people who think differently than you politically, people who are ignorantly informed, people who are buying into or didn't watch The Social Dilemma and who are arguing on Facebook, all those fucking people. Stop and just pray for them. Send them a little love. Send them a little... Um, you know, a little blessing. All of us just wants to be loved. All of us wants to be understood. That's all that's going on in Facebook is people just want to be heard. People just want to be seen, known, loved, and understood. People just want to be seen, heard, known, loved, and understood. And they're either right about the thing that they're right about or they're not right about the thing that they think they're right about. And, you know, either is perfectly fine. Just send them a little love. Send them a little blessing. Mad at your parents for fucking up your upbringing. Send them a little blessing. Um, mad at your neighbor for being loud. Send them a little blessing, etc., etc., etc. We'll catch you next time on the Magic Pisces podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm.